Shabbos. Special Shabbos, Parsha Zohar. Miyuchid. So I want to dedicate today's learning, Shiyugim and the learning to Yitzhi Fogel, Zolagizunzayim, Lili Nishmas' mother, Rivka Besyankiv Yosef. Besides that she was a tremendous Ashish Chayil, Yitzhi Fogel is single handedly responsible for a tremendous, tremendous amount of Torah that goes on in Yeshiva. So it should be Lili uh, Nishmasa. I'm going to talk a little bit about Amalek. We spoke earlier in the week about the mitzvah of Zohar, the mitzvah of Mechis Amalek, but it's a really a mysterious mitzvah. And that's what I want to talk about today. What is the importance and why is it such a foundational mitzvah of Mechis Amalek? The emphasis is that from all of our enemies, Amalek seems to be the loser. The Hainu, from a collateral damage standpoint, they weren't all that successful. They made some strong attempts. Obviously, throughout all ages we had enemies. And it's part of our survival. As the Satna Rebbe Rebbe Yoel says in his Agodah, that part of Christ's survival is we need enemies. It's almost what keeps us going. Ultimately, Klai Yisrael will always prevail. But in the list of enemies that we've had, the Bavlim, the Yivanim, the Mitzrim, many enemies we had were much more successful apparently, than Amalek. Amalek had a couple of very failed attempts. So it's true, if you go by their mindset, yeah, they were out to destroy. But then Apachu, then this day had very little damage. But Minigoyelam, if you look around the world today, vengeance is for some reason only taken from Rahman al-Islam's successful terrorist attacks. Okay? So, after 9-11, the famous words of President Bush Jr., you woke up an angry lion. Right? That was his... Uh, we're gonna... We're gonna... We're gonna get you. Yeah? I have been so many others that have tried and sometimes with more lethal weapons, but they didn't prevail. The bottom line is these hever with a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of linoleum knives, right? Lamai said they, they took down to the, the, the geos of America. Amalek, but all of these foil terrorist attacks, we don't hear about them. And for some reason, the, the armies of the world don't feel the need to show their their defensive might when, when an attack is unsuccessful. So Amalek should go on that list of terrorists that have a bunch of, had a bunch of attempts and they were all foiled. Whether it was when we left Mitzrayim, whether it was a Knani Melech Harod, 
whether it was in the time of Shoal, whether it was in the time of, of Haman at Russia, which we're going to celebrate the Mitzvah Shem this week, they, they had a bunch of, they're a bunch of losers. Now all of them are losers. Kol Sainai Hashem Yisrael are losers. But they're obvious losers. There's not even a perception of, of a winning streak to them. So why Marash? What's the big anger here? What's the big Timcha Zeicha Amorik Mitachas Hashemayim We're going out we're going to destroy them. What's the big Makol Rash Godel? What is this big explosive explosion of anger and every Jew has a chiv like we said from the Rambam this week Mitzvah Tmidis it's not just once a year Mitzvah Tmidis not to forget Al Tishkach Zoho Bepeh that a Shailin Rishayim how frequently you have to go and talk about it but Le Tishkach the Rambam says that we have to remember always why why is it so critical the Torah calls this Amulchemes Hashem, which is also beyond our comprehension. What does it mean, Amulchemes Hashem? Who can wage war against Hakadosh Baruch Hu? But that's what it calls it. Nuchama Hashem ba'Amolek midordo. The Gemara says, "Ain kisay shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu sholem Amolek." Hashem's throne is incomplete until Amolek is destroyed. The only Kriyas HaTorah we have the whole year that has less than 10 Psukim is the Kriya that we have in Parashas Bishalach on the day of Purim which is less than 10 Psukim. And the reason is because it represents, it reflects Regular Kriyas HaTorah has a minimum of 10 Psukim because the world was created at 10 Mamoris. So it's Kilu Kvayachol Amalek is pagan. The Morgan Avram brings down in Simon Samach that when you say in the Ava Rabba, or Ava Soilam, when you say, Lushimcha Agodl, so you have to have in mind destroying Amalek. Because they're pagan, the shame of HaKadosh Baruch. So you have to know what is the Pshat. What's this? What's going on here with Amalek? So that's one very big question mark. Another difficulty is that when the Amalek, when Muhammad's Amalek happened the first time when we left Mitzrayim, so Moshe Rabbeinu broke up the war to two battlefronts. He sent Yeshua to do the little stuff, like fighting them, that was considered the small battle. As the Zohar HaKadosh says, there was a bigger battle. There were some heavenly battles. Marecha Shemayim. Moshe went on top of the mountain to take care of that. Moshe was on the mountain. The Zohar Kodesh says, Kilu, taking care of the Melchemesh Shemayim. And he told Yeshua, I'm going up. That's why I'm going to be there. Umat elikim biyadi. And you'll be down here. We don't find that by other wars that there was a concept of two battlefronts. Something that's unique to Amalek. That is this double battle. But again, it fits the same concept of Muhammad Hashem Bamalek. This is an unbelievable war. We don't even take converts. I mean, even Avon and Moyev could convert. Amalek? They're gone. The Mechilta says when David killed the Amaleki, the Ger Amaleki, 
He was niskar she'im mekabelim gerim me'amolik. Even though the pastor calls him a ger amoliki, he wasn't a real ger amoliki because when I'm a kabel gerim from amolik, so there's this there's this spiritual war with amolik when all it seems to be is that these were a band of losers that never got anywhere. They tried and they never even got anywhere. So what's the what's the beer and what's going on? What's behind this? It's also strange that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yeshua, "I'm going on the mountain." Like, what is that supposed to mean? How Hashem stick here? Like, that's a big thing to stick. He tells Yeshua when he goes, like, he's giving him different chizik. So you'll go to fight Amalek, and I'm going to be on the mountain. Like, what is the matter doing exactly? Reminds me, a couple of years ago, I gave a shear in Pesach to, to an oilum about the Indian of Sira. The whole shear that that year was about um, the Indian of doing Sfira B'tzibur. That it's not Stamen Indian of Bechayv HaMatras Melech. But it's a, it's a much bigger Indian to count Sfira B'tzibur. But anyway, finished the Shir. Everybody, you know, everybody dissipated. The reason why I gave that Shir is because some people have a minute to say Sfira at the end of the Seder, the, first, the second night. And I was talking about that minute, if it's good, if it's not good, and it so I said, either way, I don't want to mevatel you minik, because it's, it's in a hotel, I don't want to start imposing my minhogim on everybody. But I said, even if you know like some of the chassidim, to make it by the end, you should make yourself a minion. I was basically telling the chassidish oilam, they should make themselves a minion and say it b'tzibu. Anyway, a guy comes over to me the next morning, Grada ben Torah, he knows how to learn, he, he comes to all my shurim, he's mechaya to talk to him and learning. But he comes from as a rabbi, you know, uh, he says, Rabbi, I always tell him, you can talk to me in, in Yiddish, he talks with Yiddish better, but he likes to talk to me in broken English. He goes, Rabbi, last night, I wanted to do like the roof said, but I remember, I didn't have my gospel from the Zayda. And I don't count Sirah without the Zayda's gospel. So, I couldn't help to cover my uh, disappointment. You know, because I don't think his Zayde would have been very happy with that. That his gadol was being used, that he should count Sfira B'yochit. So I, I didn't give him a big, huge smile, but I said, I, I, yeah. I said, I don't know if the Zayde would be masking to that. I have to say, I was Mishanah Mnei HaShalom, because I know the Zayde wouldn't be masking. But Mnei HaShalom, I said, I don't know if the Zayde would mask him, give answer them. Because he had a chosh of his aid attack. But that wasn't enough. The next night he comes to me, I guess I didn't do good enough of a job to show him I was disappointed. And he comes with his gargle over to me, he goes, You see, Rebbe, this is the gargle. Like, I don't know what he wanted me to do, I should kiss the gargle. That was Mazakim to do with Bechidis. This is the gargle. So, that, that put in me uh, an extra rejection when there's an uh, emphasis on Chitzainis you know, connect uh, what the important things in life are. The first time it happened was when I was a young boy, my sister was dating a Chavetz Chaim, my oldest sister was dating a Chavetz Chaim Bacher, and he came on the date with a yellow straw hat. Those were the days when a Chavetz Chaim boy, you could see them, uh, you know, a thousand miles away. So, he came on the date with a yellow straw hat. Wonderful boy. But he was wearing a yellow straw hat, that's what they wore. 
a blue shirt and a yellow strand. My father was far to a Muncie fellow, living in Muncie for quite a while. So to him, that was a pers- something didn't go. He was uncomfortable. So he went to Rabbi Yankiv. Rabbi Yankiv is a big chassid of Chavetz Chaim. He's a big chassid. He held it from Leibowitz all over Shalom. He's a big chassid. So Rabbi Yankiv said, Avadim is Oman Shech Of course you should. I was the maturgum because my father speaks English. So I was a translator. He said, Avadim I should continue. It's a good bochel. It didn't work out at the end anyway. But it wasn't the yellow strat. He said, Avadim I should continue. So I turned to my father and I said, Rashida said it. She continued. And my father said, and what's with this rat? My father said, what's up, Yankee? He's psak, meaning this is a guy. Is this, if this is my lot, I have to live with a son-in-law with a yellow strat. Fine. So Yankee burst out laughing. He burst out laughing. He says, Basach mentioned the Schwarze Yit is the Gansi Yerushamayim. By a lot of people, they're black-headed. They're all Yerushamayim. Don't worry about it. So that gave me my first rejection to Chitzonis. But this Gartel was the second one. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't an Ish Chitzoni. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't an external person. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't make big things out of sticks. He's telling Yeshua Benun, he has to say this Gartel. Don't worry. What's he trying to tell him? I have the holy stick. What's he, what's he telling Yeshua Benun to have the holy stick? The Pirkei de Rebelezo in Perik Memdalet brings down a Peldika statement about, about Mechia Samolik. This is one sentence. I just think it, it enlightens the whole Indian here. It says like this. When Moshe Rabbeinu came down, he told them, Omar Moshe Zohar is a Hoshalach Amolik, Baderech Okay, that's the mitzvah. The mitzvah of Zohar. Omulay Yisrael. So Klaisol told Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. Nagorim, they had no problem. Moshe Rabbeinu gave them Nagorim, they had no kashas. Right? Besachas Kalim, smooth, no problem. Pavel Metziah, Tokfei Kayan, Gesundheit. Here they had a problem. What's so shred about Pasha Zohar? It's pretty easy. Right? Everybody does it every year, it's pretty easy. We have a problem. One Pesach says to remember what Amalek did. And the other Pesach says, Okay. What's the Kasha? That's Klaisol's Kasha. One Pesach says, The other Pesach says, no, how can Mekayim both? So he told them, Zezokhar, Zezokhar. This to remember, this to remember. What, 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 what's going on? Amalei Moshe, there's a Kais Kunditin and there's a Kais Chaymet, Zer Kais Vizer Kais. You have that with wine too. You can have a cup of vinegar, which came from wine. It's disgusting. Has a terrible taste. If you drank that cup for a week, you're going to feel the uh, bad, bad flavor in your mouth. And you have a kois kondit and you have a kois of delicious wine. Seasoned wine. Zekois for zekois. So Moshe says, don't worry, it's not such a pillow. 
Shabbos you should watch and protect and sanctify. And Amalek, you remember to destroy. What, what didn't they understand? It says in the Pasuk, Remember Shabbos to sanctify it. It says it. You don't need Moshe Ben Tov Yipshat. It says it. Zohar es Yom Hashabbos Lakasha. By Amalek also, there's no secrets. If it was just a Zohar es Amalek, Christ will say, what do we say? It says, Timche es Zeichen Amalek. Muchama Lashem Bamalek. It says it. What didn't we understand? Makashel Havim. What's hard to understand? What's going on? So the most simplistic way to understand Klaisor's kasha is that Klaisor is saying, how could it be that we're using the same phraseology when we're talking about something which is so special and to use that same phrase by Amalek? For that there's no real answer. So what's the answer to that question? I don't see in the Medrash here an answer to that question. What's the answer? The Yayin and the Chaimits and the Kaisen. What's the answer? If that was their question. But by the way, I don't think that was their question. Because they didn't ask Moshe Rabbeinu, why did you use the same phrase? They said, Heich Yiskaimu Shneim. How do we keep both of them? What's the Kasha? How do you keep both of them? There's a lot of different Pshatim in this, in this Prickly Rebels. A lot of different Pshatim. But I want to tell you what I think is a simple, I think it's a more of an olive based pshat. Right? But I'm all olive based pshat is good also. Well, I think what they're saying here, and I think that will enlighten us more to understand, to understand why the Torah went to such an extent and such an extreme about us waging war. And having a everlasting remembrance about Amalek. Amalek is a very unique enemy. Very, very unique enemy. Amalek, we've had enemies like the Mitzrayim, who had a uh, selfish motive. Pare, as Pare said. His advisor, Yisra, his trusted advisor, said, Listen, I call Santo Pari uh, decided not to go along with Yisrael's advice. But Pari had a selfish motive, as the Pasuk says. For all the menorahs, this is not, they were worried about Klai, so we're too powerful, we're going to become too large, we're going we're gonna to take over. They were, they were worried. Okay. To some degree, that's a valid concern. I'm not saying that his, his decision of how to deal with that concern was valid. But his concern was a typical valid concern for any leader of a country. He's worried. Other countries were worried that we were going to conquer them. Or they were jealous of us. They wanted to conquer our land. That's more of the typical Muhammad. Amalek was unique. As Chazal tells us in the Yalkut Shemayni, Vayivez Be'inov L'Shleich Yod B'Mod Chay Levada. So the Yalkut Shemayni says, what's the Loshan Vayivez? Bisoyim. 
Buzi ben Buzi. Haman, you're a, you're a Mavaza ben Mavaza. You're Zayda Esav Arosha. Fayivez Esav is Abchayra. And you're a Buzi ben Buzi. What does this Medrash mean? What's the Taich of this Medrash? There's also Medrash Rabbah, similar, similar note. If you look at Amalek, Amalek had an objective. They weren't looking for land. Amalek wasn't looking for land. We had no land. They weren't looking to take over our position in the desert. They had no such a position. We didn't even get the Torah yet. There was very little. What did they want exactly? Amalek saw that the world was inspired to the Rabbani Shalom. And they wanted to dismiss that inspiration. Their battle is with the Rabbani Shalom. That's why Chazal keep on telling us, Muhammad Hashem, their battle is with Hashem. They're against a nation that will glorify HaKadosh Baruch. Kriyas Yamsa for them was the end. Because that Kiddush Hashem that came out of the Kriyas Yamsa was, un- was unacceptable to them. And they went with one objective. We're going to get rid of this inspiration. They took the Mila. They cut off the Brismila. And they threw it in Shemayim and said, hey, take your Brismila. What is that? What's the tachlis of that? Nothing more. They're trying to shame Kvayochel That is their objective. Actually, they believe. When, when Amoli came the next time around, Haknani Melech Arad, so Rashi brings down the famous Chazal, they, they actually came disguised as Knanim. Why? So it's a fascinating Rashi. Rashi says because they knew that if Klai sold Davin, they'll overpower them. So they believed in the Koyachat Tfilah. So they purposely, they, they dressed like Knanim, so Klai sold Shadavin, they should win the Knanim, and they won't lose. That's they, they had this whole calculation. They should Davin. No, they weren't Matzliach. Klai sold was sharp, and they said, they look like I'm a, something's wrong here. They were even talking Kanani language. But obviously, you know, it's like, a, it's like this Hasidish guy trying to talk English. They said, So they went ahead. They said, And they davened in a generic way. So they got Amalek. But what you see from this Chazal is Amalek knows. Amalek has a mission to diminish that which they know exists. That's their purpose. That is their function. And if you track Amalekim, and that's why Haman had one enemy, he had one enemy, Mordechai, who doesn't bow down to him. But no, he wanted to destroy the nation that believes in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Any Anybody who represents... In a way, Amalek's way of fighting Hashem is by fighting Klaiso. You can't fight Hashem. So they fight us. But we're the proxy. You understand? 
by the other enemies that we've had, we were the fight. We're the fight. They're fighting us. Happens to be with the children of HaKadosh Baruch. Amalek is the other way around. Their inspiration to fight is the Shekhinah. And that's why if you track Amalek throughout, you see that that was Amalek's cause. And that's what the Medrash says, Buzi ben Buzi. You're here to be Mavaza. That's what you're here for. And that's why Amalek is mishtamish with Kshofim. As the Yerushalmi says, they were the biggest Mechashfim. Because Kishif actually was the only thing in the world that diminished perceptively the Koyach Hashchina. Obviously the Kishif itself is, is something that the Rabbanu Shalom allows to exist. But it, it acts as an Isoyim. So that's why Amalek, they were the Spitz Machashvin. That was their thing. Because their mission statement is to diminish godliness from the world. And if they be another nation, not a Jewish nation, this big pastor that just died, they'd want to get rid of him too. Yeah? They, they want to diminish godliness from the world. And since we, we are reflecting the Kavanah Shechina, they want to get rid of us. But it's Milchama Hashem Ba'amolek. That's what they're there for. Moshe Rabbeinu told Yeshua, this war is really with Shemayim. And you have to know that. You have to know that. You have to know what the war is. The war is with Shemayim. And that's why Klai Yisrael had to be Mistako Klapi Malo to win. They have to realize who they're fighting for. You're not fighting. This is not a regular war. By the other wars, you keep your eyes on the battleground. If you're fighting the Knanim and you start looking upward, it's not a good idea. Not a good idea. I would suggest that you look straight when you're fighting Knanim. But Amalek, we have to remember who the war is. The war is with the Shekhinah. The war is with the Shekhinah. Then we tackle one. What's Shabbos? Shabbos is a day of the week that all of us are there to remember that the Rabbani Shalom runs the world and that there is no Teva that runs on its own. It's all Hashkocha Protest. That's what Shabbos is there for. That's the Zoch Semesh Shabbos Akash. Like the Ramban says in Parashas Yisrael, it's a mitzvah every day of the week. Zoch Semesh Shabbos Akash is not only Shabbos, it's a mitzvah every day of the week to remember Shabbos. Because Shabbos teaches us that everything comes from the Rabbani Shalom. The Sefer Achinach says that the reason for Loisikoim and Loisito is because it's Kfir in HaKadosh Baruch. It's Kfir in Hashem. It's Kfir. If you feel in your mind, in your heart of hearts, that somebody in the world is hurting you without having the license of HaKadosh Baruch, you're Kfir. So, that is the love of Loisikoim and Loisito is really a Beinadam Lamakam love. It's rooted in Ben Adam Lamakam. And that's Sefer HaChinech is a Yerushalmi in the door. That really, inherently, every war, every time you, you, you have that need, that Muhammad, because you feel somebody is getting in your way, that's a Shtikul Kfir. That's a Shtikul Kfir. Now even though we know, Habal not 100%, but that extra vengeance that you have, by the way, that you're allowed to, 
my problems are him. No, your problems are you. Your problems are you. It's not him. It's the, the British one runs the world. They thought, they understood that Muhammad Samolik, Zohar, is Epis, a way of us acknowledging our vengeance for the problems that Amolik caused us. That's what we thought. And that's what this idea is. Similar to what the Rebbe gave us on Muhammad Amidyon, Nekoim Nikmas Amidyon. There it says, Nekoim. Nekoim Nikmas Amidyon. So Christ will ask the Moshe, Heichis Kaim Ushtayim! Zohar is here, Meshavah Zlokachi teaches you that if something happens, it's the Rebbe So why this vengeance against Amalek? That's what it means. Heichis Kaim Ushtayim! And Moshe Benu explained to them that this is not a vengeance. This is not a vengeance. This is the same Muhammad Shabbos. Amalek is Muhammad is to uproot Hashgacha Pratis from the world. Amalek's battle is to uproot. And Mimela, this battle is also needed with Amalek. This is a battle for Kovod Hashkina. That's Muhammad Samalik. It's a battle for Kavar Hashim. It's not personal vendetta. What Amalek, what Amalek did, it's what Amalek stands for. It's what Amalek stands for. And that's why we're commanded to destroy Amalek, to even destroy the behemoths, to destroy anything they have, because they represent the Zilzul to the Shechim. That's what Amalek represents. And our avoider of Mechis Amalek, the biggest avoider, is, and the biggest Mechiyaz HaMalik is to bring into our lives the Ashgach of the Rabbani Shalom. To realize everything. That's the greatest Mechiyaz HaMalik. The greatest Mechiyaz HaMalik. And it could very well be that would explain why Parsha Zohar is read on Shabbos. There's a lot of explanations given. But one of the big pleas on Parsha Zohar being read on Shabbos is that L'Chayra Zohar is part of the mitzvah of Muhammad HaMalik. The Ramban says to remember Amalek, to order the hatred, so we should destroy him and kill him. Right? Shabbos is not as man Shabbos is dafka not as man So why is Zohar dafka Shabbos? Not only that, like the Mughal says, on Purim, we all get together to read the Megillah, perfect time for Parashat Zohar. Mughal Isn't that the perfect? What do we need a Shabbos Zohar? Zohar is for Muhammad. The terrorist says, I'm telling you, there's two Muhammad's here. The Muhammad's here, but the real Muhammad is the Muhammad Shemayim. Muhammad against the Ashkoch of HaKadosh Baruch And that's why, that is Dafka done on Shabbos, the day that's made on the Ashkoch of HaKadosh Baruch That, that part, is Dafka done on Shabbos. Because Shabbos is the day, our main weapon against Amalek is Shabbos good. That is our weapon against Amalek. Because Amalek is fighting the presence of the Shekhin in the world to get rid of that perception. And Shabbos is the one that concretizes HaKadosh Baruch's presence in the world. And that's why that is Dafka done on Shabbos. 
the zocher part of it, the mechama part, that's a vocher de kemitzvah. The shemayim part, that's taf kemitzvah. Yes. Hundred percent.